Hey everyone, welcome back to the Scrubbed In podcast, where we get behind the scenes of some of the greatest minds in healthcare, tech, and entrepreneurship. Before we dive into today's episode, I want to tell you a little bit about Peer. Peer is a platform that allows us all to connect with each other to share what we know and learn from each other through quizzes, to grow an audience, and to earn a passive income. Everyone is a learner and educator. Check it out at www.peer.io to get involved. Use the code APEDOCS for 25% off Peer Pro, and if you own an APEDOCS NFT, well, you can enjoy 50% off. Now, let's get back to the show. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Scrubbed In podcast. I hope you've all been keeping well. This week, we have with us not one, but two amazing guests. We have with us Dr. Shirin and Dr. Sama. Sharin's a medical doctor who graduated from perhaps one of the best medical schools in the world, which is King's College London, before moving to New York to pursue residency training. She's currently an internal medicine resident working in Manhattan, and she has a super popular Instagram page called Halal Girl New York. And joining her, we have Dr. Sama, who some of you may remember. He was here on the podcast a while ago. He happened to also graduate from King's College Oh, Imperial College London Imperial. <laughs> before moving to New York um, listen to that episode it was quite interesting to see the, the mindset as to why he did that decision and now he's a board certified dermatologist working in New York it's a massive massive pleasure to have you both on the show today how are you? Welcome to the show Thank you guys thanks so much for having us on the podcast I've been meaning to come and join you guys on Scrubbed In for so long I'm so glad we're finally making it happen it's actually my first time ever on a podcast so everyone listening go easy on me and I'm just really excited to come on here and chat with you guys and you know big up King's College missed that place a lot (laughs) and I'm happy to be back on again guys it feels like it was just like a couple of months ago that I was on last time so your listeners are probably sick of me and I'm glad you I'm glad you did the correction from Kings to Imperial you dropped me down like 20 places in the league table just then but no (laughs) now that I've now that I've alienated half of your audience let's let's crack on (laughs) I know we'll we'll touch touch on that on another day but we have a lot of things to discuss um but it's always nice for our listeners to kind of hear your story find out who you guys are um and obviously we want to talk about something super special something that's coming out in the next few days i believe um so sharon if we start with you if you don't mind can you just give us a brief insight in your journey from kind of graduating from kings to kind of working as a resident in america if you don't mind yeah for sure i will try and sum up the last like four or five years into a minute so i don't bore everyone listening but hey everyone my name is shireen i am a 20 something year old living in new york i can't give away my full age just so we can like keep replaying this podcast right you guys um So basically I graduated from King's College in 2018 and I actually moved straight to America a week after graduation, which was kind of wild. And I spent a year studying for the US exams. They're called the USMLE. Some of you guys might have heard of it. They're basically some of the most intense exams I've ever had to do. So there's a whole bunch of those. And my aim was basically to try and match into residency. And thankfully, by the grace of God, I matched into um, one of my top choices, which is um, here at Mount Sinai in Manhattan, where I'm a second year medicine resident. Um, alongside that, I actually decided to start a blog, um, which you guys gave a really, really sweet uh, introduction to. So it's called Halal Girl New York. 
Um, the reason for the name was because I started out as a halal food blogger, which not everyone knows about. And then I kind of transitioned to lifestyle, sharing my IMG journey, which stands for International Medical Graduate, because that's kind of like a big thing, different um, medical graduates from around the world um, who want to pursue their residency training in the US, they kind of come over. So I like to share advice about that. I like to share fashion, art, baking, cooking, just like everything I'm kind of passionate about. Um, I, I kind of share on Halal Girl New York. It's been a really fun. It's been a great way to make friends. Um, and so far, I'm in my second out of three years of residency training um, here in Manhattan. And it's been stressful, but it's been a lot of fun at the same time. Definitely. We, I'm sure lots of people follow your stories. Um, they're quite fun to watch. You give a great insight into life as a resident in America. Um, We've had lots of guests talk about their journey in the UK, how medicine is, foundation training. So tell us, because I think you just come off a stretch of 12 nights, I believe. Tell us how life as a resident is in America. Is it super crazy with <laughs> crazy number of hours? Yeah, I mean, definitely the training itself is far more intense compared to the UK. I do have to say that. And the reason I feel like I can compare it is because, you know, my own twin sister um, did F1 and F2 in England. You know, my a lot of my family members are doctors and all my best friends, obviously, from med school are doctors in the UK. So we can directly compare our schedules. And, you know, all of my UK friends keep saying how intense it is here because they know how uh, stressed I am, how it basically looks like I live in the hospital. But I do have to say is one difference that I've noticed from comparing our schedules and how things are in the US there's a lot more uh, there's a lot stricter kind of caps on how many admissions you can do for different patients um, overnight and things like that so although I did just come off a stretch of 12 nights was which was pretty brutal I'm not gonna lie I haven't seen the sun in a really long time um, and I've just been kind of running on caffeine for the last two weeks um, but the actual night shifts themselves don't seem to be as intense as a UK night night shift um, for example in my program we have a cap of six new admissions overnight which honestly isn't bad it means we can um, devote time into really looking into the case uh, reviewing the patient's home medication seeing what we're going to start them on um, figuring out the plan for that night and the coming day hand over everything um, in a much more structured and uh, safe environment so I do think um, what the US does do or at least my program does do is put some strict caps to make sure that we're not super burnt out um, but the schedule itself is definitely more intense but the reason they have to do that is because some of you may know that the length of training in the US is actually much shorter to become a attending which is the American word for consultant so my training is actually only going to be three years long and then I'll be a consultant, um, God willing, in a year and a half. I'm officially halfway through my training, which is kind of nuts because it feels like I've been a doctor for about a week, even though it's been a year and a half. Um, so things um, are much more rapid pace here, which is why the schedule has to be much more intense to kind of fit in all of that training um, but it's kind of cool because we kind of stay in our own kind of specialty so I only rotate through internal medicine related fields like you know some subspecialty things like cardiology and renal and um, resp and things like that um, but otherwise I don't kind of dive into psych or ob or surgery whereas I know in the UK we do rotate 
we do rotate through a lot of different specialties even if our ultimate goal is to do you know ENT or plastics or something like that so there are definitely a lot of differences I have actually done a couple videos on my YouTube channel um, to kind of go into that in a bit more depth if anyone's interested in checking it out I'm not as consistent as I'd like to be on YouTube but you know soon come <laughs> maybe after my training <laughs> <laughs> no with all of the interests that you said actually alongside your residency training right how do you balance it all so you've come off of 12 nights and you've got all of these interests you're also managing your instagram page and social media and all of that jazz <laughs> how are you doing it all what do you what's the trick behind all of that honestly you guys there's i wish there was a trick if someone finds a trick just like send it my way <laughs> because i really need the help and um, basically i'm a little bit crazy in that i just doing my instagram brings me so much joy that i kind of try to prioritize it um, whenever I can um, in terms of I just find it really fun it's kind of um, it's almost like a therapy kind of sharing my journey mm. out there being able to do I kind of feel like it can do some further good because it's it's just really nice to see there's all like young girls from around the world who might not have mm. um, other female doctors especially from ethnic minorities to like look up to and although I don't really I don't see myself as an inspiration at all it's really nice that just sharing my content which is just like jumping on Instagram and throwing up a story it's just nice that it can motivate other people to study harder and I think that's really what keeps me going um, with the Instagram and I've made a lot of friends through there because obviously uh, when I moved to the US I only know Osama, only knew Osama um, which I don't know if we remember to introduce ourselves but Osama's my husband <laughs> he's been my husband for five years um, so I only knew Osama so I didn't go to medical school here so I think it's been a really awesome way to make friends as well um, mm. but in terms in terms of balancing things, I honestly am trying to figure that out myself. Um, I try and kind of schedule out my posts. Um, sometimes I'll set aside one day of the weekend to just kind of catch up on content and I'll plan my content in advance. Like if something uh, big is happening, like uh, International Women's Day or uh, something where I would want to do a set post or World Hijab Day, for example, then I'll make sure I write up my post in advance and shoot my content in advance. And that way I don't fall behind and it makes it less stressful. Um, and then the other things like baking and cooking, I think that's more for my own mental health. Like I make it a priority mm -hmm. because I genuinely find it fun. Um, so I think when you really look at your schedule, we can find a lot more time than we think we have. Like I'll cut out things like Netflix or just chilling on my phone or something. And I'll try mm -hmm. and prioritize seeing my friends and keeping up with my content and studying and things like that. So it's just really about looking at how, how much you want to get done in a week and finding ways where you can swap out. Uh, some things for others really but I honestly I think Instagram makes things look easier than it is there's a lot of yeah. stress <laughs> and a few tears behind the scenes that no one except Osama really gets to see <laughs> no absolutely I hope Osama gets some time as well or does he never get to see you <laughs> I mean we talk about how she balances the Instagram I think the real question should be how do I balance the Instagram as the main photographer <laughs> so I think you know that, that's a subject for a whole other podcast once the once yeah. uh, missus is <laughs> here <laughs> why is it behind you know they say behind every successful man is, is a woman maybe for in this case behind every successful is Osama exactly <laughs> which That's is good thing. I yeah. like that tagline I might, I might have to use that on my bio in future exactly so <laughs> while we have you Osama tell us how life has been since we last spoke I think you are towards the end of residency now you're board certified 
Am I correct? You've done and completed your training. Um, exactly. Would be equivalent of consultant. How is life now as a consultant? It's great. It's great. I mean, um, I, initially I was a little bit apprehensive, you know, coming to the end of such a long training journey. I feel like we're constantly mm-hmm. in that mindset that we need training wheels on as doctors because we're kind of like in a time warp. Everyone else becomes part of the real world at like the age of 23, whereas for us, even in training with junior doctors and in inverted commas for so long. So it felt a little bit surreal coming towards the end. But I can honestly say now, having gone into, you know, consultant life, it is just so much better. <laughs> so, so much better. Yeah. Because... Um, can I... Yeah, sure. Can I just first of all, Osama, uh, congratulate you. You've basically done ST1 to 6 before half of us have even started <laughs> training. So, um, yeah. so yeah. congratulations, it, man. <laughs> thank you, thank you. It's very surreal. It's funny because a lot of my friends back in England, when I told them I was done with training, they were like, okay, and, and, and now what? And I'm like, well, now I'm just, I'm just a consultant out here. And they're like, no, 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 but like, what else do you still have to do before you can start practicing yeah. by yourself? And I'm like, no, no, nothing. Like, that, that's actually it. So people can't really believe it that it's so much faster out here. But um, that is kind of was one of the main determinants behind why uh, I wanted to come out to US in the first place is because the training pathway is so much more condensed. Um, and I personally think just much more focused. So if you think about the mm. amount of like just reps I've got in, in terms of dermatology patients I've seen, uh, it is the equivalent of if I'd done 10 years maybe in England, just because it's been so focused on derm rather than rotating you around different specialties. So, you know, really, really happy with that. And um, as of last July, I went out into independent practice. I've been working in a private clinic here in Manhattan since then. Um, I actually decided to um, take up a job where I was only doing three days a week in clinic uh, right from the outset, which sounds funny to people because it's like I went straight to the semi-retirement phase of life rather than (laughs) ever working full time. Um, So I kept that up for uh, around six months. Um, And the reason I went three days a week is because I wanted to have that extra flexibility to pursue other interests. You know, I've always been quite into technologies and maybe something more entrepreneurial. So I wanted like cooking and cleaning for me. Of course, that's the real passion. Um, (laughs) So, so yeah, uh, I wanted to free up some of that time and then was enjoying that a lot. Um, But it got to around December time and I decided uh, to actually go down to only one day a week clinical. So I don't know if you you guys are aware of this, but I actually, I actually only see uh, patients just on Wednesdays right now in clinic. And then the rest of my week, I spend just pursuing some other interests. So um, I think that might be quite surprising to a lot of people because I think the reputation in England is that um, when you're working as a doctor in America, it's kind of like, yeah, you get paid well, but you're going to be working 24-7 and really long hours and really difficult. But um, because there's so many different job opportunities here, you can usually find one that suits you well. So um, I happen to have found that my sweet spot when it comes to medicine is just one day a week, it turns out. That is amazing. <laughs> that, that, that is the life. That is the life. But <laughs> yeah. knowing you, Osama, despite only working one day a week, you're up to other stuff, other cool things, kind of progressing in your career, your self-development... Uh, which kind of brings us on to the next part which we want to spend a bit of time talking about because I know there are thousands of people out there either clued up or clueless um, and it is this new awesome thing which just randomly appeared on my story one day which is the Ape Docs NFT but before we go there what on earth is an NFT? <laughs> yeah so I think uh th- that is a big question in the sense that, you know, I'm sure a lot of people have seen the word NFT popping up on their timeline. And maybe for the first few months, they thought, let me just ignore this. It'll be a little hype and then it'll go away. And then a few more months went by and more and more people kept mentioning it. And, you know, so maybe some people put in the time, but other people are still in that phase where they're trying to, to kick it down the road. 
Um, as a brief explanation, an NFT, most people know it stands for non-fungible token. But what that actually just means is that it is a way of having uh, a unique digital identity uh, for something that is stored on the blockchain. Now, blockchain is another confusing word for a lot of people, but the way I try and describe it to people is if you imagine like a big uh, Google Sheets document where it's like a big Excel spreadsheet and uh, imagine that spreadsheet is just constantly scrolling down basically forever. That is kind of what a blockchain is like in that it is a big open Google Sheet that the entire world can see and that you can store data on and that data is kind of instantly verifiable and once you press like down on the block from one block to the next one, you can never go back and change what is documented on the block above. So that's what makes blockchains um, so unique in that you can have this open ledger where you can store transaction data and unique IDs and everyone can verify it and nobody can tamper with it and change the record. So that blockchain technology enables something called NFTs, which are these unique tokens. Um, and what it really unlocks is the idea that you can finally easily prove ownership over a digital asset. Now, that doesn't sound like that big a deal and it's maybe a bit confusing to people. But what I tell people is before blockchains and NFTs, if you were walking down the street and someone came up and showed you a photo on their phone and they said, hey, look, this is my photo of like uh, a lion. Uh, and then another 10 people turned up and said, hey, no, look, that, that's that's my photo of a lion. That's actually, I took that first. It, it, I own it. It would be really mm -hmm. difficult to know which one of those people was telling the truth because on the mm -hmm. internet, things go up wherever they go up. People can very easily save and screenshot and everything and have things that look indistinguishable on their phones. And in order to really prove ownership, you would have had to spend like thousands of dollars and get like a legal firm involved and maybe spend many months to investigate whose it really was and all this kind of stuff. Now, with blockchains and NFTs, you can actually um, prove who owns something instantly uh, when it comes to a digital asset, because a person who says, hey, this is my lion, can instantly show you their unique token ID, which proves on the blockchain that they're the ones uh, who were the first owner of that asset. And so that is potentially very revolutionary. And we can talk about the kind of the different implications of that. But at its crux, that is what an NFT is all about. No, Absolutely definitely. Amazing. I think it sounds crazy from the outside. And what I love about you both is rather than hyping up, you also took the time to explain what it is, explain what it means, you know, the ownership. Um, and you've really built a, a massive community around it. That's where Osama spent probably the rest of his time. So he said one day a week in clinic, rest of the time on NFTs, <laughs> right? Just explaining what it is <laughs> to, Honestly, to, to medics, guys, right? This hasn't even been a, a new thing for Osama. He's been into the crypto and well, not, he's been into the crypto blockchain space since um, almost as long as I've known him, but at least since 2017. Oh, wow. um, and he's been trying wow. and trying to get me involved as well. Cause you know, husbands and wives should <laughs> share their passions, obviously. And I just, yeah. I was one of those same people who was just like, okay, if you want to be excited about this, you can be, but can you just let me stick to like medicine and Instagram, please? <laughs> and so I let him kind of do his own thing for a few years. And then as um, the technology developed and progressed and then NFTs became a really big thing kind of towards mm. last year, 2021 and then towards the mid 2021 is really when I took a, a much bigger interest because I don't know if you guys know or remember from King's College days but I paint and I've always mm -hmm. been really into art I used to sell my paintings in med school so when NFTs mm -hmm. came around and it was a way for artists to kind of connect 
their artwork to um, the blockchain and kind of create communities surrounding their art as well. Um, that's when I really started taking a big interest in Osama and I kind of sat together and were like, well, this is something that excites both of us now and um, maybe we can you know, come up with something really cool and really beneficial with this. And no. that's kind of where it all began really with Ape Dogs. <laughs> Amazing. And I like the fact, and I do remember your art and um, it was quite interesting to see it. And it's always nice to see medics to have passions outside of medicine. Um, tell me about the name, Ape Docs, where did it come from? And a lot of people, especially when they're married, they try to avoid doing projects together. They try avoiding, you know, things because, you know, you don't want to be in each other's face 24-7. How have you found that experience working with each other? And But tell us about, about the name. I kind of get it, but I'm sure there's a lot of listeners thinking, why on earth did they call it Ape Docs? Yeah, sure. So I think um, a lot of that is related to, I think people who have heard of NFTs have most likely heard of some famous projects that um, involve apes as, as, as one of the characters. Um, and the reason I think it yeah. took off a lot in the NFT world is because people don't usually like drawing like human figures because it can um, alienate some people. Like, you know, you then have to be like, oh, why do all of them look like this? And it doesn't represent mm. what all spectrum of humans look like. So NFT projects tend to gravitate towards uh, cartoon animals. And within that family of cartoon animals, um, apes were initially very popular in the NFT space. And so when we were coming up with a concept for our NFT art, we thought it's cool because we're targeting a demographic of people who have probably never heard of NFTs before in the form of healthcare workers. Um, yeah. Let's stick to this reference with Ape Docs uh, because if anyone has heard of NFTs, they've probably heard of some famous projects related to apes. And so this will help mm. them kind of get in the right headspace to be like, oh, so this is in that category of things which I had kind of vaguely heard about. So that was um, the initial premise behind it. Um, the other thing I think it's worth mentioning right now when it comes to NFTs, I think a lot of people or probably think that it has to be digital artwork. And I think um, mm. it might be useful to point out that the actual NFT part is just the unique token ID. So like the, the, the specific ID that's stored on the blockchain is the NFT. And the thing that you see, like uh, the famous NFTs right now, or for example, cartoons, that file can actually be anything. So right now we're used to it being digital artwork and cartoons, but an mm. NFT can just as easily be um, a video file. It can be a music file. It can be a photo, not just a cartoon yeah. drawing. It can even be like a contract or a property deed, or there's loads of things that an NFT can be. And so I want mm. people to know that NFTs are way, way broader than just digital artwork, because I think mm. a lot of people think, hey, I'm not really into art that much, so why would I be into NFTs? And so I think that's an important distinction to make. Osama, important uh, point that you've actually raised here that it can be anything. So for traditional medics, right, they're, they're stuck in their ways. They're sort of like, I'm not too keen on artwork or whatever. What is the actual meat and substance behind an NFT? Because it's more, it's way more than just artwork. Like you've just said, it's, it's yeah. actual identity, it's access. Um, so for the people who's wondering, okay, so say I've purchased an NFT, what's the actual meat behind it all what's there? yeah so what i'll say is uh every project is completely different and what i will say is that the re the thing that makes me really excited about nft technologies um isn't being seen too much in the world right now i think when you see the majority of nft projects like i would go so far as to say 98 percent of nft projects that are out there right now are kind of nonsense mm -hmm. like they are literally just people jumping on the hype cycle trying to make a quick buck sell, selling like artwork and you know all power to them they can do whatever mm. they want people can make their own decisions but um i don't think they're capturing what the true value of an nft is and for me what makes an nft powerful 
is when you see it as a membership pass, like a, a transferable, yeah. tradable membership pass that unlocks certain perks. That for me is the most powerful use case of NFTs. And so for us with Ape Docs, we didn't just want to be one of those random hype projects that just told people, hey, hey, buy this cartoon because it's, you know, you've seen your favorite influencer uh, buying it too. We wanted to make it so yeah. that when someone buys an Ape Docs NFT, not only do they, do they get cool artwork, which hopefully they get excited about because it has like medical relevant props and things like that, but also we wanted to have a bunch of different perks uh, that they're able to unlock as NFT holders. So for us right now, the main value proposition I'd say is, um, firstly, there's something called the ApeDocs uh, mentorship program, which we're launching where any ApeDocs NFT holders um, will be matched together with people who are mentors relevant to their field. So for example, we have people who are like experienced professors in intensive care here in the US. And then maybe there'll be someone who's a medical student or a doctor in Egypt, who's really interested in critical care long term. And we will help match those mm -hmm. two people together and they'll be, uh, be able to have that kind of mentor-mentee relationship moving forwards. We're also making something called the Ape Docs Research Hub, where we are making a platform where people can come together and find research collaborations, uh, exp expressing what their research interests are, what their time commitments are, and they'll be able to find each other and start working on collaborative research projects around the world. And we have a research team with people like AstraZeneca scientists, PhD holders, people with 100 publications. Oh, wow who are gonna be supervising those research teams and checking in with them every couple of weeks and giving them advice and guidance on how to see their project through to completion, where to try and publish, what conferences are coming up. And so that's something which NFT holders are gonna have access to as well. Uh, there's something called an alternative careers program where we're gonna get speakers coming in from different backgrounds to advertise for people who maybe like me, you know, are doctors, but maybe, or like nurses or dentists, but they have other interests as well. They don't necessarily want to do clinical uh, healthcare their whole lives. So we're getting in speakers from other industries to try and recruit people, make them aware of other jobs that are, are possible for people in the healthcare world. Um, and also just to kind of encourage th those outside uh, alternative interests. So that's the kind of part that we control right now. And uh, other things mm -hmm. that, uh, sorry, to, sorry to interrupt you, but other things that um, our NFT holders would have are kind of like discounts with our partnered um, mm. partnered medical companies like medical apparel companies and medical education courses um, and we have a whole bunch of partnerships already lined up and confirmed um, for example there's a, a for example there's a company called AM Opportunities American Medical Opportunities which offer clinical experience to international students and graduates here in the US um, and they're mm. pretty big deal here in the US so we were able to confirm a partnership with them to give our Ape Docs NFT holders discounts then there's scrub companies and stethoscope companies and all sorts of things like that so we'll we're working really really hard on that obviously we're just at the beginning of the project right now but we're really excited to see um, what what more we can offer and like real world value we can offer to our nft holders and so building on that th 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 those partner programs uh include things like you know you guys heard of that we did liberty medics before which has which is the course teaching people how to move their careers to the us um so normally for example that course is 200 dollars, but for nft holders that'll be free um for the am opportunities normally their clinical experience costs uh, in the thousands but nft holders are going to get 200 dollars off on that we have partnerships with other educational resources uh, and, and companies who teach people how to do effective research, uh, give people advice on interview preparation. And basically we're building together this suite of perks and this suite of partnerships that are just growing day by day. Uh, and so we think the great thing about that's gonna be, you buy this NFT, you get the core digital artwork and you, know, you get to rock that wherever you wanna do it. 
and you get access to all these perks of this these extra community features and partner programs that are just going to grow and grow definitely and i think that's why i love what you guys are doing you not only are just creating kind of these what people call jpeg images but there's a real utility behind it by becoming an nft holder you get access to so many cool and wonderful things um, that wouldn't be previously accessible, very, very difficult to access. So in, if anything, you're reducing the barriers to entry to a lot of things. And it's not just like a gimmick. It's not just, you know, a hype. You're actually genuinely building a great community around it because I've joined the Discord group and there's a lot of engagement there. There's a lot of things happening. I want to kind of ask, how do you maintain this community? It's hard work kind of running a Discord. Who does what? Is I imagine it's a two-man team. Um, <laughs> Kind of break down the roles. Um, who does what? So it's actually way more than a two-person team. So, so what, well, one thing we did uh, really early on, and this is something else which is really cool about NFT community, is that um, you find that the people who become part of the community end up really mm. committed members because you're kind of all in it together in the sense that once you launch and and whoever owns an NFT, you're basically a shareholder in the overall project because as the project Amazing. grows and gets more and more popular and gets better. In theory, your NFT token could be more valuable over time because there's a set limit on there will only ever be 10,000 of these. And so if we become what we hope to become, which is, you know, the healthcare worker NFT project, there's like hundreds of uh, tens of millions of uh, healthcare workers out there. So you'll see that the people who become uh, NFT holders and part of the community, they then become really passionate advocates for you and want to help you build. So within a couple of days, we hired a core team uh, of people, including uh, moderators for Discord, community managers, event leads, ambassadors, the research team that we mentioned. So we actually have around 25 people as part of the ApeDocs core oh, wow. team right now. Uh, wow. And that is that is why we're able to kind of do so much of what we're doing. Um, and we hope that that's going to be able to grow more and more. And the great thing about these type of Web3 communities is that the people on our core team, uh, we tell them, listen, guys, we don't have any expectations from you. We're not going to chase you up and say, hey, did you do this? And, you know, the three day deadline we gave you, it's literally totally voluntary. Whoever wants to be part of it because they're passionate, be part of it. And anyone who contributes well, uh, we're going to reward them and we're going to uh, notice that their, their kind of contributions and acknowledge that. But it's really flexible. And I think that's the way it should be moving forwards. No, definitely. And I love this new way with the web free this kind of decentralized community that's rising in the crypto space i think it's, it's a lot more nicer you know and there's less pressure um yeah i think you'll probably see it right like i, I would say our community of it, that, that we have already in ape docs which is over two thousand kind of members in our discord yeah. uh, before we've even launched if you look at some yeah. of the interactions uh, it's like the most loving and like unified and helpful community of healthcare workers exactly. i've ever witnessed so on supportive. the internet I'll, I'll be honest yeah it, I was telling Amz, I was like, it's, just, it's obviously a whole different session. If you look at Med Twitter, right, it is like the anti, like the opposite of what you lot have in your Discord. It's I totally supporting. agree. People it's helping toxic. everyone. So I don't want to go into it too much, right? I'm sure you guys know, like, it's a whole different world out there. But like, we need this in the world. There's there's so much madness happening, exactly. and I feel like exactly. NFTs are a massive family and. You need to be of a certain personality, a certain character to be able to like, you know what, I'm going to get an NFT. I'm part of this community. I feel involved. Yeah. I feel supported. I feel loved. Um, yeah, 
that's actually why we a really huge reason why we wanted to start ape docs anyway it's a nft project designed by healthcare workers for healthcare workers with yeah. one of the main aims being to create one of the most loving supportive communities out there because we did notice that when you go on med twitter people are at each other's throats when you go on these reddit forums people um even though yeah. healthcare workers we have so much in common we've gone through grueling exams whether you're a nurse a doctor a physical therapist whatever you're doing in healthcare we have so much shared experience shared human experience and emotions and responsibilities that are just totally different to people who are not in healthcare like there's very few jobs out there where if you make a small mistake or you don't read something properly you can actually yeah. you can have really significant impacts and knock on effects on real humans lives and that's a huge emotional burden and we just feel there was there was a real need for a loving community of healthcare workers especially the last two years we've had with the pandemic um yeah. it's really tied us even closer together like n no one has been through what healthcare workers have been through in these last two years um so it's been really awesome to see even from day one of launching our online discord server um just seeing the love that people had for one another one another going out of their ways to answer each other's questions to support each other in e their endeavors and things like that so we we already see so much potential and really no, um definitely. really excited yeah. about the love people have for one and, another and and what we want to emphasize is, is uh, that that all of that is actually going to stay free. So whatever is right now on the Discord uh, with all those people, uh, we're not going to be those people who like get people to really enjoy the platform, yeah, be part of say. it, and then, yeah, and then be like, and now yeah. it's behind a paywall. Like, no, no, no. Like that that part <laughs> no, is always no. going to be free. So anyone who's not like, I don't want to own an FT. I'm not interested in crypto. That's totally cool. Just come check out the Discord, hang yeah. out. You might get your questions answered, and then there's just additional perks Amazing. for NFT holders. Um, I just want to pick up on something quite cool, a cool element to all of this, and that's. The community aspect of it so at the start of the podcast Shireen you talked about community how you built something on Instagram how you engaged with it and how it made that move to New York a little bit easier um, can you just dive into that a little bit more tell us about the community that you experienced with your Instagram and how has it actually led to you guys sort of building this now an NFT community essentially an ape docs community and what sort of um, what support features otherwise do you want to give it to people physically yeah honestly that's a that's a great question you guys so honestly if you told me maybe five years ago like Shreen would you ever put yourself out there on Instagram in public uh, share your life I would have said a hundred percent no like this Instagram uh, blog kind of uh, kind of just started developing and growing um, Osama was always a really big supporter um, of it as well which was nice and so was my family um, but it kind of started off small and then as I shared more and more of like my journey and it was actually like I mentioned earlier almost like a source of like therapy for me because I could um, it helped me focus on the benefits. You know, sometimes you've just had like mm. a really bad day in the hospital or something. And if I just share part of my journey, like, oh, I'm, you know, at, here for sign out at seven in the morning. So many people will reply saying, oh, uh, hey, Shireen, I'm, I'm a second year medical student. I really dream of becoming a doctor one day. Or, oh, I would yeah. love to work in New York one day. Things like that. Honestly, it makes you check yourself yeah. and realize that there's a lot of blessings even in a, in a tough day. So that's one thing that just kept me going with the Instagram and then a lot of Cool opportunities came from it. I got to work with a, one of the biggest kind of medical apparel companies. Um, it's called Figs. I don't know if you guys have heard of them in England yet, yeah. but um, 
Um, I got to work with them on a campaign, so they flew me out to LA back in 2018 for a photo shoot, um, which was really cool to be kind of like a Muslim representative of like healthcare for a really big company like that. So that was another thing that kind of kept me going. And then the community alongside that kept growing. So I have a lot of, it's mainly probably young females and with a, maybe yeah. a couple of guys as well who are into me medicine. I've got medical students and then people who are just interested in seeing what doctors in America's mm. life is like. Um, so that's kind of like the community who I have. But the thing with Instagram is I can connect with, um, I can connect with my community, but it's very one way. Like I can share everything that I want to share and people will DM mm, yeah. me, people will comment and it's everyone has shown a lot of love, which I feel really, really thankful for. There's a few, there's always going to be a few trolls and a few uh, hate comments here and there, but in general, yeah. it is a really mm. loving community, even on Instagram, which I think I got really lucky about. Have you ever met uh, anyone through Instagram as in friends <laughs> in New York I, when you made the transition? Yeah, yeah, I have actually. And again, that was something that I could never imagine doing. If you'd asked me a couple of years ago, like, would you ever meet a stranger on the internet? Because, you know, I never had any experience with that. I've never been on any of the mm. apps for um, meeting a spouse or anything because I mm. met Osama kind of through med school anyway. Never had to be on any of those. So I had no experience of like making a connection online ever. And then when I started my Instagram, what the nice thing is, is I followed a bunch of other kind of dental and medical bloggers and things like that. Mm. We got chatting, commenting on each other's pictures. And then um, eventually, what I remember one of my friends, um, her name's Mushmoom, she's a doctor here in the US as well. She just kind of slid into my DMs one day like, oh, you know what, my husband is British as well. I'm a doctor as well. I feel like we'd really get on. Would you be down for grabbing coffee or dinner sometime and initially I was like oh my gosh who is this stranger like I know we're <laughs> commenting on each other's pictures but I don't really know you um but then Osama and I were just like you know what maybe this is how we're going to make friends in the U.S. because you know it's not easy just moving to a whole new country so we met up with them got along so great and after that I just decided that I'm going to say yes to as many opportunities that come my way, even if whether it's for campaigns and cool projects or whether it's for mm. friendships. And, you know, it's been a really, really great way of making real life connections. Um, and it helps the whole um, moving across the world and leaving all your family and friends things. It made it a lot easier because we got to make some real, tr truly great people through Instagram, which has been really awesome. And I think that's something yeah. that's the biggest surprise. Anytime I tell people about that, like my friends at work, they're shocked every time I tell them that some of my best friends I met through Instagram. No, amazing. It's, so, it's surreal. So golden question here now, will the eight docs get to, get to meet up at certain events in the future? Yeah, definitely. So we actually uh, have a lot of these things that we mentioned, these perks on our website, so apedocs.com. Uh, and in that as well, we Perfect. have on the timeline that we're going to have in real life apedocs meetups. And so the idea is that once we get uh, our treasury, once we do, do our NFT launch, uh, we'll actually be able to have people in regional hubs. So obviously the, in New York, we've got the, that lockdown. We're going to be doing New York meetups for apedocs. Um, but we're also going to be funding people to host apedocs meetups in other major cities. So likely London, some major cities in Pakistan and India are probably going to be the first hubs. But yes, there will be mm. in real life apedocs meetups as well as uh, exclusive merch. So those are the kind of stuff which is the same Amazing. for all of the NFT projects. <laughs> but uh, we're keen to get that out there as well. It's it's, a, it's actually crazy. Shall I tell you what the cool thing is about all of this stuff, right? It's, it makes sense for people like yourselves to do it because mm. you genuinely care. 
you share so much of you know so much of your life you have such a great community around you if it was anyone else i'll be like mm, will it work I can't you know how does it work but it just feels right i don't know if it, if it sounds weird or whatever or you know if you, you understand what i'm saying but it feels right it makes sense for you both to do it the one thing for us is, is, is the, the thing that i want to tell a lot of people is you know people hear that that you know we're really into nfts and i'm really into nfts and, and they think that means that like I endorse the entire NFT industry that's out there right now. And I want to just emphasize to people that, that, you know, some people say things like, oh, this is a cash grab and this is a pyramid scheme. And this yeah. is I'm like, and I'm like, listen, you are right for 98% of projects. Like you are completely yeah. right. Uh, what we see out there right now, do not judge NFT technology from what we see out there right now, because this is the very beginning and most people haven't fully understood the purpose of it. And the other thing I'll say is, a lot of people who start NFT projects, uh, they really are trying to do a cash grab and they, they call it a rug pull where they'll make this fancy website. There will be anonymous people who just use kind of like random um, uh, handles uh, to be project leads. And they'll say they're doing this really ambitious uh, kind of roadmap. And then when they sell out the NFTs, they will disappear and take everyone's money and never do any of those things they promised to do. The difference for us is, you know, we're, we're as public as it gets in terms of, you know, who we are, we're doctors, <laughs> yeah. our reputation's on the Please. line, we spent five years building a community. So, you know, I, I hope that gives people reassurances that if, if we wanted to do a cash grab, this is not the way to do a cash grab. And then this Definitely. is a, I think, a very counterintuitive way to do it. I think, yeah, you, you're going to get us in a, in a lot of trouble if, <laughs> if we kind of endorse it and, and you do a rug pull and you know all these people that listen across the world you know they're going to be exactly we're, we're, i'll be like public as well blame told you about us <laughs> we're getting a 10 percent cut off the, off the record yeah oh my days no i've been like rug, rug I'll, I'll, i'm going to expose myself a little bit i have been in one or two rug pulls i think it's the, it's the yeah. cost of learning um and it and it does hurt but um yeah as in for me and Ams, we can we can vouch for these two. We've we've met them physically. We know they're real. They're publicly doctored. This doxed. is the real skin doctor. Yeah, this is the real skin doctor. Yeah. Um, yeah, as long as it's not one of fake profiles, guys, remember that. Yeah. No, definitely. As in, like, it, it seems like so much fun, um, and it's all exciting. But we need to kind of humble it. We need to kind of break it down and show that there's real work going behind it. And it kind of brings me on to the point: How long does it even take to create one? You know a lot of effort goes into it and there's always little things on each nft that you've shared on instagram which is like oh this relates to orthopedics or this is fine aesthetics or radiology kind yeah of, yeah what's that process like and i think is it shirin who, who, who designs it yeah so that, that's what i wanted to point out is that she probably won't, won't say it herself but but shireen has literally drawn like every single line in this collection so that's oh the one other thing oh, where no. which we hope makes this like <laughs> like really special in the sense that we didn't do what some people do where they go on upwork and hire like a random artist from eastern europe yeah, no offense Fiverr. eastern europe but they'll find someone on, on upwork and make them draw the collection and then just profit off someone else's work and try and sell it yeah. this was literally all hand-drawn by shireen on her ipad using procreate across the last like yeah. four months so it's i want to give her major props for that it's been a no, real definitely. labor of love, you guys. Well, the thing is, the thing is, it, it's taken so many hours. I think every hour that I haven't been at work, I've been sitting on the sofa in our apartment um, drawing on my iPad. Um, it's been a really cool experience, though, because I've learned a lot more about graphic art. I did a lot of um, pen on paper and paintbrush on canvas art before this. So I have painted for about 10 years myself anyway, but 
making that transition to kind of like the crypto NFT space has been really exciting and been really fun as well. So it's been a labor of love and every single ape doc um, that you see feels like my child. Because, <laughs> you know, when you, it just feels like I've made them from scratch. Like they've gone through so many different layers of um, development, every prop. Um, but it's been a lot of fun because Osama and I will be at home and we'll just be like, you know what would be really cool for the like if we want to uh, help relate to the cardiologist we could do like ekg yeah. tracings in the eye and i was like oh should i draw some afib should i draw a flutter what should, uh, should i do a vtac in the in the ekg so because we're obviously doctors ourselves it's been a really fun so way understand. to kind of relate to all our different friends from different specialties and you know nurses and ot's pt's therapists etc no. and put little props in so that every different ape doc can really relate to different uh, medical and healthcare professionals out there i think that's part of what also makes it more authentic is that like it's literally made by doctors right so so we we, we get what healthcare workers might get excited about so like one of the yeah. you know ape docs has like a, a visor on which says like triamcinolone on it which as a dermatologist like i know how much we prescribe that and so that just makes me laugh like you yeah. know it just it's those kind of things attention to detail that we hope that people will appreciate and we hope that the way it's going to happen is, you know, we're actually going to put the entire collection up on OpenSea and people will be able to scroll through and find whichever Pick one out of the 10,000 that, that they think they relate to the best. And that will be mm. their ape doc. So we're not doing it in a blind way where, you know, you just press a button yeah. and get assigned a random one. You can literally find the one that represents you the best. Um, Perfect. The other thing that we should flag think- is that... Uh, these collections, these 10,000, are made using something called generative art, where we, uh, well, I say we, Shireen draws the <laughs> layers. Uh, and in all of these different combinations of layers, then um, I do the code on the back end, which um, random, not randomly, but within certain parameters, like uh, generates the finalized version of each NFT. So for example, we're not yeah. manually creating 10,000. We're creating mm. the layers and, uh, and uh, mapping out the pathway in code of what combinations could exist. And then we're generating them in, in within those parameters. So, you know, you might see some pretty random combinations and be like, why would they have thought to put that together? Yeah. But it's actually done through code. So, so that's why. Yeah, that's yeah. kind of how well, NFTs collections are traditionally created. It's called generative no. art, which Amazing. I thought was really cool. Well, Summer, um, so the last time I spoke to you, I didn't know you were a, a coder. What's yeah, happened the, there? So that's pretty Tell new. Me a so bit about that. Yeah, so since, well, after I finished residency, um, I, I couldn't just sit still. I think this is one thing where, you know, once once you're someone who's been programmed to like constantly try and learn things, it's a bit surreal when you're at the end of training and then you're like, wait, n- now what do I do? So, so um, I decided I wanted to take up some <laughs> a few extra skills. And one thing that I kept bumping into when I was interested in entrepreneurial ventures and business things was um, I was non-technical, meaning, you know, I couldn't code in any way. Mm. And so uh, that always made it difficult because you're always having to outsource coding to other people or have to find another co-founder who is technical so i decided you know what let me start learning to code um so i'm by no means like a coding expert right now but i'm self-taught in some basics like you know javascript typescript node.js react frameworks vasel things like that where you know you could generate a pretty good um apple website and so um Mm. With that level of coding, I'm able to interact with a lot of what we're doing. Um, smart contracts use a different coding language, uh, things like Solidity, uh, which is like brand new, which uh, I'm not as familiar with. But I think once you've learned the basics of regular coding, uh, it gets much easier to read code in other formats. So um, so yeah, I was self-taught in the last kind of four or five months, which has got me to a point now where I can at least read through and explain what a page of code is, even if I'm by no means like an expert coder myself. No, I, I love how both of you have embraced sort of learning something completely new 
to both mm. of you and you guys look you guys look like masters at this at this craft um, <laughs> so respect to you guys you guys are smashing it definitely you know it's good and i think what's important for our listeners is learning doesn't stop just because you became a board certified dermatologist or consultant equivalent you still went out and learned stepped out of your comfort zone you know Shirin's still doing the designs kind of relating everything to her passion which is super awesome to see and it's inspiring um i may just ask for a cheeky one and ask you to stick a podcast mic in one of the the, the apes and we might cut mint that one <laughs> yeah. um, well, the, the collection is currently frozen but we'll find one that that fits really I, well with you guys don't worry yeah, Look at him yeah. Getting so, and, and just let us know and, and i'll be i'll be quick to go and mint it but, um, we, we do have of, some ape docs that have an airpod in his ear and some musical notes okay. in the corner so that, that one sounds like it could be a vibe that, they're, they're, that's, they're that's ape, ape, ape pods they're not airpods for, for legal reasons I have okay. to clarify I they're, like they're that. ape pods no, I've got <laughs> ape pods that's, that's fine can I, can I just say I'm looking at one of the ape docs the one who um, learned how to use bedside ultrasound and now can't stop I'm yeah. that guy I learned <laughs> how to cannulate one to an ultrasound and for no reason I always had it with me <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh-huh. So, so th- that, that so, was really fun for us because we kept even even those little captions and those headings. I sat down for like weeks and weeks writing these random different combinations of things that I thought people would be able to relate to. So I think I think what's <laughs> what's interesting is that you know people will often see things at the end and be like, oh, they're a bunch of cartoon like pictures, like oh, oh, that's no big deal. Like anyone could do that and it would take like a week. Yeah. But I think it's only when you've been on the back side of it and you've been like tormented I, I said something the other day that i think the last two weeks is the hardest i've ever worked in my life and they couldn't believe it because obviously i've been through med school and like studying for exams and things but it's no exaggeration like in terms of just the pure number of hours that i've, I've put in in the last yeah. two weeks i think it's the hardest i've ever worked in my life even though it's for something that looks so funny as like cartoon apes i think when you uh, realize what we're trying to build here it, it, you start to yeah. see that it's basically no, a company definitely. that you've you've made in, I don't think essence, anyone would believe the really stress is. that goes behind making a bunch <laughs> of cartoons. Yeah, our parents are really confused. Everyone who's kind of a bit <laughs> distanced from the space are, are very confused, but um, a lot of heart and soul has gone into it. And we really, really believe that it could be something huge that we're hoping for. So we're putting, we're giving it our, our all. And I actually can't really remember no. a time before Ape Docs now. I actually said to Osama, like, what did I do with all my time before How was Ape life Docs? before? Like, How was life before Ape Docs? <laughs> Yeah, like, imagine our Asian parents though, where they've they've readopted and now they're spending their time making eight cartoons. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 what my mom was saying the other day. She was like, "What is with my kids? Like, I, I went through all this effort to put, send them all to medical school, become doctors. Uh, my one brother yeah. obviously like left and ended up uh, becoming a journalist, and obviously that was a big surprise oh, to wow. mom, and, and she was very confused <laughs> by the time. And now she's like, "You went off and became a dermatologist, and now you've gone down to one day a week to make cartoon apes." And I was like, "Yeah, mom." <laughs> It's, it's a long conversation. <laughs> oh my God. I know, I know, but it's, it's, it's refreshing and I hopefully, I'm sure they're super proud and when it does kind of take off and they'll be like, you know what, I told you so. Like, I knew that you had in you, like, which yeah. is a typical thing to say. All, all, all I ever say to my mom is, yeah, mom, keep me in your prayers. That's all I say. It's yeah. like the easiest thing that's, to that, say. That, and really true, that's, that's all you need. But um, exactly. kind of hearing your, your story, your journey, it, it makes sense. Like, it, it makes sense for you guys to do it. Um, and I don't think you would have been successful if anyone else did it. Um, we're conscious of time. We probably need to let you guys go and wrap up. How do people find out more about Ape Docs? I know there's a loads of all these fake Instagram accounts happening. <laughs> yeah. It'll be it'd be a shame for people to kind of you know connect and start engaging with the wrong people. So yeah, where can they find yeah. out a bit more about NFTs, Ape Docs, and you know? 
Yeah, so so we say to people is just just apedocs, the word A P E D O C S, like that dot com is our official website and that like Instagram cool. at apedocs and is our official Instagram and at apedocs is our official Twitter. So it couldn't be more simple. It's literally the the name. The only thing is that you'll find like random versions like ape underscore docs and things which are fake. So just make sure that whatever you're clicking on and we'll link the official resources I guess in the podcast like in a description section or something uh, but yeah I think that's the best place to go is to the Instagram at apedocs and the website apedocs.com and that'll answer all the questions they may have or just you know slide into the DMs drop us a question if, if, you, if anyone has any follow up comments or, or clarifications and I have the official no. Discord server link in my bio my Instagram is at halalgirlnewyork and um, I've kept the Discord link in my bio just to encourage as many people who want to come and check out our community see what we're all about come join our discord um but yeah initially one of the fake accounts did stress me out <laughs> um but then osama reminded yeah. me that he's like uh, don't you aren't you complimented you know they whoever's out there making all these fake accounts thinks that Definitely. something big is about to happen with ape Doc, so they're trying to take it so that that calmed me down a little bit but you know you can't really stop the internet from doing crazy stuff so uh, uh-huh. everyone just I'm... needs to be vigilant and know that check who they're talking to before people slide into their dms asking for their like social security (laughs) numbers and stuff (laughs) yeah absolutely i'm really excited for the launch of the ape docs um because i feel like it's the perfect way to connect uh with healthcare professionals globally in a nicer environment as well so really really excited guys thank you thank you that's honestly that's exactly what we want to do and and a few of the we host these uh, voice channel sessions a couple times a week where uh we have one called like the friday feelings for example where on fridays people jump in and just we talk about a specific subject and we've had a few of these sessions where we've talked about things like making mistakes in healthcare or imposter syndrome or things like that and you hear these really candid open conversations from people around the world sharing their stories and we don't even know their real names and that's the beautiful thing about web3 right people can set anonymous names they can use pseudonymous names but we share these mutual experiences and in the end people are like wow that's the first time i've had an open, honest conversation like that. And it felt so supportive and loving. And that's what it's all about. We're just trying to build more of those connections. And that part, as I mentioned, is always completely free. So even if you're not interested in NFTs, just check out that part because I think everyone can benefit from a little bit of that. No, definitely. I think what you guys are doing awesome. We wish you the best. We're definitely going to link all the accounts, your personal accounts as well, so people can reach out if they do have any questions. But it's been a massive pleasure meeting you both again, hearing your story, hearing your journey. uh, And I'm sure those 10,000 apes are going to get minted super, super quick. So <laughs> all our listeners, get your, your Ethereum ready, get your MetaMask ready. I'll leave all the, the nitty gritty to Osama. I know he's got amazing videos on it. But um, thank you to you both and thank you to our listeners once again. Thank you guys so much for having us on. feel really special to be in Scrubbed In and really excited to continue following your guys' journey as well. 